On this episode of Hit the Deck! Over in Philadelphia, Wayne's providing a world of support to the hockey community. Game on! Wayne Simmons, like pretty much every other NHLer, never forgot where he came from. Hockey, hopefully, will always have another generation or two of kids that want to play and are exposed to it, and, and Wayne Simmons knows that and has done so much in, in the Philadelphia community, too. And an ice hockey team with no ice is in a tough spot. But the Quad City Storm are having a ball. They had no place to practice. They're an ice hockey team. They need ice to play on and practice on. They decided to practice by playing deck hockey, baby. And deck hockey! Woo! Yes. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck! Game on! Welcome to episode 168 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers, and oh no, dear listener, it is not true. The dread disease has not got us. <laughs> we, uh, we are here. We are happy to be with you once again. We who? We? Who is we? I don't hear you asking. Well, I will tell you, as I always do at the top of the podcast, we is going to jump right into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, uh, theoretically, in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my stick-to-itive co-host. <laughs> I guess appropriately enough, on defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're all stay-at-home defensemen these days, James. Yes, sir. <laughs> I shouldn't say all of us, because there are some real heroes who are out there, especially the medical uh, workers, people in the medical field who are taking care of the very sick and keeping our infrastructure running, but certainly not just them. They are true heroes, but also, you know, our civil servants, uh, the, the, the police, fire, sanitation, yeah. all the people who are keeping our cities running, the, uh, the transit workers, and everybody who has to be out there and, and can't work from home. And, uh, of course, I also don't want to overlook all the people who are on the, uh, the front lines of our food. Yeah. The grocery store employees, the delivery people, the people who are, are making our food, you know, who are ultimately, you know, growing or processing and packaging our food. All of those people are, are well, indispensable at any time, but especially now. I, I want to, you know, on behalf of Hit the Deck, I want to extend a most warm and heartfelt thanks to all of you for that. Amen. Well said, American Rhino. If there's any small way that we can entertain you with this podcast, we aim to do so. Yeah, absolutely. As they uh, say, which I'm not a big fan of marketing because it's so insincere all the time, but we are in this together. So if people could yeah. really take that attitude and, and like all the great people that you mentioned there, like uh, mailmen and, and, and all the other people that-, that Yeah, them too. Truck absolutely. driver. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, FedEx and so on and UPS. Yeah, with all the with all the deliveries that people are getting now, yeah. you're absolutely right, James. The-, the uh, the the delivery, you know, the the people who 
carry our mail and our packages are more indispensable now than ever, you know, as well. So yeah, so the American Rhino said it best. If you could take us along and if we can just make your day go by a little bit easier and maybe give you a chuckle or something, and or if anything, that perennial pat on the back or tap of the stick for the hockey uh, fans out there, uh, we do appreciate it and, and we thank you. And we would love to, yeah, uh, you know, spread the word about Hit the Deck and, and make your day a little bit easier. Yep, absolutely. Well said. So... Where have we been? That's the big question, right? Well, maybe not. Maybe you don't care. But where have we been? You deserve to know, if nothing else. If we haven't been gotten by the bug that's gone round, where have we been the last couple of weeks? Well, I must tell you, unfortunately, we fell prey to some technical difficulties. I, I, uh, something done happened with my laptop that I used to record and the, the sound settings got all screwy and it, it took a while to fix. But fixed it has been, and so you once again have our best. And it doesn't get any better than this, so <laughs> enjoy it. And while we are uh, thanking everybody out there, you know what? It, it's really odd to see how um, the media are now doing what Gary and I have been doing for four years. And when I say Gary and I, especially Gary, uh, where we were recording... We use Skype uh, to do the podcast, and and yes, I guess people don't need to know how it's done and if it's boring and whatever the case is, but it's just odd to see how everybody is doing that now. If you're a radio, terrestrial radio, or uh, all the broadcast on TV, a lot of people, you know, we're not allowed to be together in a, in a room, so it's just odd to see that everybody's doing what we've been doing all these years. I would just wish that we were a little bit more popular and, and more people were <laughs> listening to our brand, but that's another thing, too, for the podcasters out there that um, providing the entertainment and doing our part, too, in a little way just to distract people or just to keep our sanity. I mean, there could be worse things than, than having to stay in your home than others, but uh, hopefully this is something that you could pass the time and and do something. So the podcast community, I think, has been terrific. It's fun discovering new podcasts and, and just going online and Twitter and, 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 and various uh, Facebook posts and stuff like that and uh, people sticking together. It's cool to see that, that people are promoting each other and helping each other out too, because there are a lot of great podcasts out there and, and high quality ones too. And I'm happy to see that. So that's just something else that hopefully once we get through all of this mess and we come out the other side, that will be better. And, uh, you know, entertainment is, is a great way to keep it up, especially that they don't have our sports. There's no more sports to watch, which I have nothing to talk about, quite frankly, when you take away the sports. But I'm grateful that uh, hopefully things are going looking well and there's a light at the end of the tunnel and we're getting out of this mess uh, sooner than later. Given what James and I were just talking about off air before we started recording the podcast, namely Major League Baseball, uh, some of the decisions that are rumored to be coming out of that head office, uh, I think we may be better off without sports for the time being, James. (laughs) Uh, I have no answers personally, so I'm not going to second guess uh, on air or officially. Um, Off air, that's a different story, but... uh, at least they're trying, and that's good. Uh, I hope that they have plans to hit the ground running when things are getting back to normal. and Hit uh, the deck running. Yeah, very well said. Very well said, American Rhino. Especially the hockey world. I mean, when, when this all went down, and, and one of our uh, articles uh, that, that we're going to talk about in this very podcast hits that directly for the minor league in the hockey. But for the NHL, I mean, we were getting right back. We were getting into the nitty-gritty of the season where teams were lining up to make playoff runs and, and who was going to be seated where and, 
then, you know, the, the trade deadline and all that stuff. And then all of it's been taken away. So hockey, really, they got the plug pulled on them right in the thick of things. And they have the entire Stanley Cup playoffs to deal with, too. So if they get going in, let's say, August or something, I don't know how they're going to figure that one out. So, um, I, yes, there are much more important problems to deal with. But for sports fans out there, one of the best things about sports is that it's, it's real entertainment and it's fun. And it's such a huge part of our lives, like it or not, that uh, having that all halted now, it's just really odd. And, and um, you know, we just had Easter Sunday and uh, you know, Gary's a practicing Catholic, as am I. And not being together with our families was it was very painful. <laughs> it's nice that we have the technology where we can use things like Skype and, and FaceTime and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I just really want to hug and kiss my niece and nephew again. <laughs> And I can't imagine, you know, the parents out there or whatever the case is, and you know, grandparents too, it's, it's rough, but we're trying to make the best of it. But one of the things is that I was joking around with my brother is I have nothing to talk about. You know, I'm not trying to be mean or, or, or standoffish. There's no baseball. There's no hockey. I have nothing to talk about. There's always professional wrestling, James. I guess I got to get back into it, man. I have thoughts on professional wrestling, uh, or at least some things that I'd like to mention quickly here on the podcast. But before I jump into that very easy segue, I'm going to backtrack slightly. And uh, I just want to, so for the NHL right now, I think I read that they're doing what a lot of sports leagues are doing now and simulating games in like NHL 20 or whatever. I think they're simulating the playoffs right now. I know that uh, MLB has done something like that, too, especially with the Mets. You know, obviously, we're, yeah. we're big Mets fans, Gary and I, so I was paying attention to that, where they were simulating the, had the season started. So that would make sense that hockey's doing that as well. Um, I guess they figured they finished the regular season, too. I haven't been following any of that stuff. I think it's a great idea, and, and it's fun. And if you're into that, God bless. You know, video games are an excellent distraction. Um, and, and a great form of entertainment, too. So that's, that's kind of interesting to, to see theoretically how it may have happened. And then when hopefully when the seasons do start and, and see how close it was, if, if things were being predicted properly yeah. or just totally off, off the base. Another thing, another question I had actually was uh, regarding trades. Now, I've seen a ton of football trades popping up on my phone regularly for reasons that stagger comprehension because I don't have my phone set to alert me for NFL news, but whatever it's the CBS sports app. It's, I don't what not, not important, but my question is for the NHL, are they like, I mean, the trade deadline passed, but you know, the, the season never actually ended. So are trades still on hold? Are they, what's, what's the situation with that officially right now? Do you have any idea? As far as I know, last I checked that everything, yes, exactly. Everything is on hold. For the NFL, I suppose, because CBS is, is a broadcaster of football, they have the draft coming up, so maybe that mm -hmm. has something to do with that. But for the NHL and for sports that I actually really care about that are near and dear to my heart, such as the NHL and, and the MLB, as far as I know, everything is just frozen, to pardon the pun there for the hockey. But... I don't think I get yeah, it. I, I think everything is just kind of status quo. And as uh, the good old NASCAR guys and do when the race resumes, everybody's going to start where he was and no one's going to cut the line or do anything underhanded. So as far as I know, everything is just frozen. And I think that's the best possible way you can do it. The most fair way you can do it. Unfortunately, Father Time 
is uh, has something else to say about that. So my heart breaks for veterans and for rookies trying to to get their their toeholds in and stuff like that. So it's just yeah. such a mess, and and it really affects so many things that you don't even realize. But uh, when you get back into talking about the WWE, all of their problems that they're dealing with, and and not speaking of football, I mean, gosh, how snake bitten is the XFL? Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, it's... Yeah, that that's tough. They were actually, you know, it was actually working. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like drawing NFL ratings or anything, but it was it was reasonably successful this time. It was working. And then this happened and they had to fold again. Is Mr. Fuji behind this or what's going on? I mean, there's something very diabolical about that. I don't know, maybe uh, Ted Turner's rearing his ugly head in revenge. I don't know, but it's just that is a ridiculous Ridiculous, unfortunate coincidence that the XFL and then uh, the American Rhino, you were telling me about other woes in uh, WWE world. Yeah, well, let me backtrack. So when last we left you, I believe it was still pre-WrestleMania. And the uh, so I remember coming on this podcast after the Saudi Arabia show and ranting about how Goldberg beat the Fiend for the WWE title because they were setting up the big match between Goldberg and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, such as it was. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> funny story, less than a week before WrestleMania, uh, Roman Reigns, who has now won two battles with leukemia Whoa. and is immunocompromised, he pulled out because reportedly... The straw that broke the camel's back was that one of the wrestlers showed up to the TV taping sick. Now, he, he didn't appear to actually have CV, but uh, he, you know, it was it was something it was, you know, a bridge too far. And, and Roman's like, you know what? I'm not taking the risk. I'm going home. So they had to scramble and 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 they wound up putting the title on Braun Strowman at WrestleMania with really no explanation as to why he was suddenly in the match. But um, here was a heck of a, a match, by the way, between The Undertaker oh. and AJ Styles, a boneyard match, which was uh, shot in the style of a horror movie. And it was uh, in, in some like, quote unquote, graveyard. It was obviously a set that they had built for the occasion. But it, yeah, it was it was uh, fun times. So it wasn't an ideal WrestleMania, but there were there were some good moments there. But I digress. So. After after WrestleMania happened, and I'm sure they lost a lot of money not having WrestleMania in a big stadium like they were planning. Uh, so in light of everything that's going on, the WWE, as you, James, uh, alluded to, they released a statement just this past week that due to the situation, their finances were such that they were going to try and cut drastic portions of their staff. They were going to make big staffing cuts to, to, I guess, stay solvent. And, uh, unfortunately many, many, many more than 20 wrestlers got released yesterday as we record this and more, not more as in more than 20, but, and additionally a whole bunch of, of producers and backstage staff and, and even one of the writers, I believe, got released as well. So it was a bad day for, for the WWE. And it sounds like more cuts could be coming after SmackDown. Um, well, I guess this is intended to be released on Friday. So tonight, 
if if this does in fact go out on time. Just jumping in here to say that after this was recorded, it has come out that the WWE is actually releasing a full 40% of its staff. That includes wrestlers, office staff, support staff, basically anyone who's involved with the business from the people who get the coffee in the office to the people who hold the camera cables and clean up the rings and everything in between. 40% of them are losing their job as a result of this. But, uh, yeah, so, so bad times, um, for, for all of those wrestlers, you know, you hate to see anyone lose their job, but right now to lose your job, it's, it's just, and really to have no means of finding a new job because nobody's putting on shows right now, except the WWE really, it's just, it's awful for these people. And I don't want to minimize anybody else who's lost their job because it's awful for anyone who's lost their job in this climate, regardless of what industry you work in. But this is a very high profile situation, especially since they just uh, there was some controversy this week about the WWE being deemed an essential business. And if you're deemed an essential business, you would think that you would want all hands on deck to continue your business. But uh, I guess Vince McMahon does not see it that way. Yeah, well, uh, to to steal a line from uh, the great Stone Cold, it, it's all about the bottom line, and unfortunately, you have to maintain that somehow. So I don't, I mean, I'm no economist by any stretch of the imagination, but things being the way they are, and and I appreciate the help from the government too, that the 1,200 bucks, because I'm one of those suckers yeah. that lost his job too again, and there's no hope of finding anything new either, because things like LinkedIn and stuff have proven to be just nothing but false hopes and dead ends. But uh, we have bills to pay and things. And, and um, of course. all those companies aren't, you know, it's great that, that uh, certain, the, the help of not having to worry about a mortgage for a few months is, is a tremendous help. Because personally, I, I just, I couldn't do it. So that, that, that's nice. But uh, the, the, we need some hope. And <laughs> anyway, what I'm trying to say yeah. is if, we, if everything just kind of stops, like what, what we were saying about the leagues, everything just stops. And then when things kick up again, you start from scratch because I just can't understand that. I mean, how companies are, are going out of business because you have no income, obviously. You, you can't yeah. pay your your uh, employees and things like that. And I don't know, it, it just seems really, really strange to me. So I don't understand how they can't just kind of halt for a little while and, and have some IOUs and things because I'm sure too when, when things get back up that uh, we're not going to be making the money that we were either. I'm sure that companies, again, because they have to worry about the bottom line, that they're going to cut salaries and stuff like that too. But anyway, we're, we're trying not to be doomy and gloomy here. We're here to help you and, and distract you and, and maybe give you a smile for a second. So we'll shift gears in a second. So yeah. sorry about that. No, the, the last <laughs> thing I'll say on, on that uh, is this isn't a wrestling podcast, but from what I've read from reliable sources who would know, the WWE has, uh, and I, I think they even announced something like this in their like their last shareholder call or whatever. They currently have uh, $500 million in cash reserves. And all these firings are saving them about $4 million a month, supposedly. So right now they do have the money to weather this, you know, to ride this thing out for a while without having to resort to this. This is, I think, it seems like just to protect their their bottom line in advance of the uh, I guess the quarterly earnings report that that's going out to stockholders. 
And what about insurance? I mean, what are we wasting all of our money on insurance for? Shouldn't that be kicking in too? Again, I'm no economist. I don't understand what's going on, but yeah, I don't you know. know. Come on now. Let, let's uh, let's rationalize why we have to pay for insurance. The last WWE, sad WWE related thing that we have to relate to you here is uh, before we get into some more fun hockey stuff is uh, sadly one of the the great classic original characters in WWE history has passed away today as we record the Fink, Howard Finkel, the actual the first ever employee of the WWF. He had worked for Vince McMahon's father in the WWF. And then when Vince bought the company and, and turned it into the WWF, I guess the Fink was the first person he actually hired for that company. He was a ring announcer, an iconic ring announcer in that company for decades. And he was just, you know, he's somebody beloved by many, many, if not most wrestling fans. So Godspeed, Fink. And yeah, okay, that's that's the sad wrestling stuff. So uh, what what fun hockey stuff or, or other do we have to talk about, James? Well, the good thing is now when we all go to heaven, we're going to have a... I'm dying. We have a heck of, a, of an intro waiting for us, so... <laughs> You were, you were kidding about that, right? You're, you're not really... <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not actually dying. I'm just... Uh, I ha- I've had for weeks now, I've had this cough. It's not that cough. I've, it's just a cough, but I can't shake it and it crops up at inopportune times. So unfortunately, that's the situation. Now arriving at the pearly gates, <laughs> hailing from Brooklyn, New York, Number four, James Sajazi. It's not a great fink, but you get the idea. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Uh-huh. <sighs> Weighing in at yeah. no pounds. Yeah. Pencil neck geek. All right. Hopefully not for a long, long time. I don't know. So, um... Yeah, uh, as I was saying, what else, what else do we have to talk about, James? Uh, I think we kind of touched all the bases, so now it's time to jump into the uh, the deck hockey stuff. Oh, the, the actual, legitimate, honest-to-goodness deck hockey? Yeah. Hope, okay, well, if listen- you insist. <laughs> the listener's still with us. <laughs> I mean, you know, you brought it up, so I'm putting this entirely on you, James. Would you please tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Yes, sir. Thank you. All-star all the way. Wayne Simmons has earned his reputation as being a great teammate and a heck of an NHL player, too. But his incredible generosity off of the ice makes him a great man. And no ice, no problem. The Quad City Storm were in the thick of the SPHL playoff hunt when, bam, they had no ice to practice on. Did they just give up? Not a chance. They hit the deck. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. All-Star All the Way. Is that the sequel to that Schwarzenegger Sinbad Christmas movie? <laughs> Actually, they did make a sequel to uh, to Jingle All the Way. And I think, no. yes, and I think it was just called Jingle All the Way 2 with uh, Larry the Cable Guy. I think Jingle Harder. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that would make sense. Uh, don't quote me on that. I think I saw it on uh, cable. Um, I didn't see the movie, but I think I saw like a preview of it. They should have called it Jingle All the Way Home. 
you're putting too much thought into it. I think that you just gave it enough more attention than the actual producers and writers did. Stop whining. Yeah, well, that that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. I've had it up to here, I would tell them. You know, it's happening again. Tell my wife I love her. Uh, no, I'm I'm not. I'm not. Think. Hold off. You're not I'm taking not the. Yeah, you're, you're not taking the American Rhino yet. No, I don't think I ever actually saw Jingle All the Way. It's a movie my father likes. I don't think I've ever actually seen the the thing myself. I'm familiar with the plot. I just have not actually seen the movie. In all honesty, Sinbad stole the show. He was hysterical, and uh, the the young man that would play Anakin Skywalker was was the young boy in in the movie too with uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger. You're talking about the the Anakin from the first movie. Yeah, the little the, the little yeah, little boy Anakin. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not Hayden Christensen. Oh no. I mm, tempting. All right. Well, whatever. We're in the middle of a pandemic. There are no rules. There was a movie called Life as a House which it did I don't think it got a commercial release or at least not a, a full commercial release. Uh, that was him and, oh, who was it, Kevin Klein, maybe? That's correct. Anyway, the movie was about a man, a father, who was, I, I think he was dying, uh, maybe, I guess, a cancer. And so he quit his job and he, he did what he always wanted to do, build his own house. And his son, his like teenage son, was played by Hayden Christensen. And they were somewhat estranged. And so it was kind of a, a project to hopefully get the two of them back together. And it was a, you know, it was a, a decent movie. It was a pretty decent movie. But the reason I bring it up is because Hayden Christensen was just as whiny and unbearable in that movie as he was in the Star Wars movies. So at that point, you have to figure it's not the script. It's not the director. It's the actor. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that's rough. I mean... I'm sorry to say it, but, you know, he hasn't had a huge body of work to draw from, but I have not yet seen him in anything good. <laughs> yeah, at some point you have to have to take responsibility there. Anyway, so... Someone who is good at what he does. Oh, that's a segue. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> Wayne Simmons, who is, uh, uh, you know, when things stopped, he was currently a member of the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And mm -hmm. this article that we're quoting is written by Lance Lazowski and was recently published at, at the recording of this podcast in late March. So uh, not too long ago. But the uh, point of this article is to just express what a great guy Wayne Simmons is. And, and we've said this so many times on this podcast that uh, NHLers are such generous people. And, mm -hmm. um, and particularly in, in deck hockey, too, is such a great way to, uh, to be a fundraiser tool uh, and uh, Mr. Simmons knows that. So uh, he, like pretty much every other NHLer, never forgot where he came from. He grew up in Scarborough, Ontario, and his parents, uh, responsible, good parents, and, and he has uh, siblings too, uh, you know, they, they had to work hard for a living. And when they did, they made sure that they helped uh, Wayne and, and his brothers and sisters have a good life. And, and uh, they saw that, that Wayne had a talent for hockey, so they sacrificed a lot to spend money on the equipment and, and all the uh, the ice time and everything that goes with it. So it's a big, big sacrifice. And Wayne never forgot that, as uh, I think you probably, every other NHLer feels the same way as well. But this is a great example there. So this article starts off with a young man by the name of Zaid Wisdom. 
and uh, talk about giving forward and, and giving back, uh, paying it forward, I should say, and, and giving back. His parents are very similar to, to Wayne's parents, that uh, Zaid's mom uh, works multiple jobs, and, and his father is a, is a truck driver, speaking of which, and uh, they, they worked very hard to make sure that their son, Zaid, was able to pursue his talent and a career in hockey since he's a little guy. Uh, and again, that, that goes with paying for equipment, and um, a lot of times they needed some help, and the, the, the town of Toronto, or the city of Toronto, they were people in the community that would donate used equipment and helped the Wisdom family to, mm-hmm. uh, to do that. So uh, Zaid attended three of the six Wayne Simmons uh, hockey tournaments and the charitable ball hockey tournament. And uh, so from the ages of seven to 10, Wisdom attended three of them. And the best part about that is uh, out of the 150 plus children that each event was for, for the uh, ball hockey tournaments, Wayne Simmons was there himself and specifically even reached out to young Zaid and told him, this is a direct quote in this article, that uh, Wayne told Zaid, you're going to be something one day, kid. Keep going. And uh, Mr. Zaid Wisdom is now 17 years old. He kept that in the back of his head. I mean, what a pat on the back and, and what a motivational thing to have that an NHLer actually cares enough to encourage you to, to play and keep it up. So now at 17, he's on the Ontario Hockey League and working his way up through the, uh, the hockey ranks. And someday he may even be an NHL or two. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. I mean, you know, good that he's giving back. And I mean, just good, good for Wayne Simmons generally. I, I think it's a real mark of his character, I have to say. I mean, I was no big fan of his when he was a flyer, but, you know, he was a flyer. So you know, I think he automatically had a black mark against him. But uh, like, you know, I guess rivalry bias, I, I suppose. But I have to think somebody not to put it too indelicately, but somebody with his complexion probably, you know, is, is, is not that common in hockey. So you have to think now, I I like to think that hockey fans are for the most part open-minded and, and, you know, fairly not progressive because that makes it sound like hockey is some kind of, you know, uh, beacon sport that's paving the way for, you know, social equality. But I, I'd like to think that the average hockey fan is is of a mind that, you know, it's not the what the player looks like. It's just the player. But you have to figure that he grew up over the course of his journey. He had to play in some, you know, towns or places where he was not uh, necessarily embraced or, you know, was had had some things said to him by less enlightened people. So. You know, I would think that kind of upbringing or or that kind of development could give somebody some, you know, pretty thick skin and a little bit of bitterness where they could, you know, be inclined to say, oh, well, you know, you know, I I earned everything I got. Anybody else that wants to get here, they better, you know, do it themselves the way I had to do it myself. And to to see that, you know, it's exactly the opposite. He wants to, you know, open himself up and and go out and give back to those communities and, you know, try and advance the younger players and, and be that mentor and, and be that role model for the sport, that ambassador for the sport. That's, you know, 
like I said, that really speaks to the quality of the man's character. Absolutely. And that you nailed it on the head, too. One of the reasons why this article stood out for us to to talk about in this edition of Hit the Deck is that reason is, you know, Gary and I are Ranger fans and we try very hard to be as impartial and, and down the middle on this podcast, because quite frankly, I don't think it's entertaining to listen to a couple of guys that root for one team when there are 29 other teams out there or, you know, going to be 32 teams. Anyway, they're, they're full disclosure. Yeah. I don't try that hard. <laughs> that, uh, that That's just not fun or entertaining or, or makes sense either. But I felt the same way about Simmons too, because seeing it on the other end, particularly in the heated rivalry between the Rangers and the Flyers, exactly. I always saw him as, a, I, I, I didn't think it was a dirty player, but he always played the game hard. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he played the game hard, but uh, one of the reasons why we, we t- decided to do this um, article is just to to look into it and, and see the man off the ice. And that's the whole point of this, too, that uh, he's always been a great teammate, apparently, and, and a very loyal teammate, too. And, and a guy that, that um, as you said, he, he chose not to be bitter or hold any grudges if he did have a rough time growing up. And he probably did playing hockey. But he decided to be an excellent teammate and, and to always have his teammates' backs and um, play the game right for the most part. <laughs> um, you know, he has spent some time in the penalty box and things like that. But this is just really refreshing to see. And actually, I should say it's kind of common to see in hockey that uh, the NHLers never forget that, that uh, they, they always pay back and they appreciate their parents and, and the people that got them there, coaches and uh, people in the neighborhoods and stuff, and, and the generosity of uh, people donating equipment. And, you know, we've talked about that many a time on this podcast, particularly our good friends in the LaGrange Hockey League, and uh, as the, that's what they're doing over there with Glenn and, and company. So that's just, there, there, there it is. There it is right there. So uh, hockey, hopefully, will always have another generation or two of kids that want to play and are exposed to it. And, and Wayne Simmons knows that and has done so much in, in the Philadelphia community too. So even when he was traded uh, from the trade deadline a couple of seasons ago, I think he spent some time in, in Jersey too. Now, currently he's in uh, in Buffalo and you know everybody's kind of waiting right now and in limbo, but his generosity never waned and uh, pardon the bad pun there, no pun intended, but uh, he keeps the, the road warriors going too. And again, this article was, was published in, in Buffalo where he currently is playing. So Going back to his Philadelphia ties, Scott Tharp, who is the CEO of the Ed Snyder Youth Hockey Foundation, decided to just text Wayne recently to see if he would be interested in doing some uh, work for the the man that passed away, who Ed Snyder. He was the um, chairman of Comcast, and uh, the, he was the founder of the Flyers, too, Mr. Ed Snyder. So he has a foundation now that, and, and his legacy that lives on. And uh, so uh, Tharp reached out to Wayne just to see, just in case, you know, texted him. And immediately uh, Wayne said, yes, count me in. I'll do it. So that's just the kind of guy that he is. He really, no matter how busy he is or where he is, he'll do anything he can to promote the sport and, and help out uh, the next generation and just be a, a normal, approachable guy. Uh, anytime that I've personally met an athlete I've looked up to or, or, or an actor or actress or something, I always am in, you know, awestruck and like, oh my gosh, that, that, that's really a human being too. You know, how can you play hockey and so well and, and be a regular guy? Like, you know, meeting Adam Graves, for example, 
but that they are approachable and and they're down to earth and really remarkable, good-hearted people. And uh, it just reflects on and off the ice. And that's just so cool to see. Simmons is even in a mural that's in Philadelphia for the Ed Snyder Youth Hockey Foundation. So that's just something else that that, uh, goes to show you how near and dear he is to the people of Philadelphia, which is pretty remarkable because they pride themselves on being um, hard-nosed and rough on, uh, I mean, they booed Santa Claus and, and threw snowballs at him. So they pride themselves on that. So when you get some... They don't like to talk about the Santa Claus incident, James. Yeah, well, I'm not going to let that... You know, no, nobody does Santa Claus wrong and, and gets away with it. Just, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, that's pretty remarkable that, that they, they have embraced Wayne. Just goes to show you what a great guy he really is and, and how genuine he is. Um, and that, that's his attitude. He wants to uh, help out others as he was helped out and uh, wants to pay it forward. And his parents have set such a great example for him and he, and his coaches as well, his teammates, and, and it's still going. Um, he's described as the ultimate warrior by uh, ex-teammate Claude Giroux. So that is extremely high praise. So it's just really cool to see that uh, a guy like Wayne has not forgotten that and he continues to do so. And we need more people like that in this world, especially now. So once this pandemic is over and we're able to go outside again and, and, and be with our friends and family and uh, go to events and, and play again, this is the type of stuff that, that keeps you going. And I think that will be okay. Does Claude Giroux describe him that way because he runs from the locker room to the ice wearing colorful tassels and face paint? <laughs> I wish that were true. Just by, by the way, on that same topic, uh, the title of this article was Wayne Simmons, the ultimate warrior and one of the nicest guys, which... I believe is the first time in recorded history that Ultimate Warrior and one of the nicest guys have been strung together in the same sentence. So, well done, Mr. Lazowski. So yeah, so speaking of running from a long distance and getting all pumped up and stuff, there was another example of, of deck hockey being uh, going back to their roots in a way with the, uh, the Quad City Storm. So the Quad City Storm, they are a member of the Southern Professional Hockey League. And uh, when this article was posted, the day after this article was released, the SPHL suspended its uh, season because of COVID-19. So, Oofa. yeah, really, really odd. But the story was so good. And um, hopefully when I, I, if they either totally suspended the season or when they're able to get back, I don't know, again, when you turn terms of economics and stuff like that. But uh, it was pretty crazy that the Quad City Storm was in the thick of their playoff run as well and had some huge games coming up that would determine, I think, if they were going to make the playoffs or not. So what happened was that this was uh, posted back in March 11th of this year, of 2020, and then all heck broke loose soon after that. But they had no place to practice. They're an ice hockey team. They need ice to play on and practice on, especially when the season is is winding down and you're fighting for a playoff spot. So, although I I have to confess, had you asked me, you know, in a vacuum, had you asked me what kind of team is the Quad City Storm, I would have said roller hockey all the way. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That that's uh I think I would have thought the same thing as well. But uh they are they are an ice hockey team 
and they just all of a sudden had no place to play. The reason being was, again, it's a minor league team, and the uh, Quad Cities rink was taken over by a basketball tournament, which I guess that ended up getting canceled too. And then another center where they have uh, the means, uh, that was undergoing maintenance. So there was nowhere to play or practice on. Their, their home arena was taken over and the backup arena was also taken over. So what did they do? They played. Oh no, James, the, all is lost. <laughs> yeah. Whatever can they possibly do? What do you think they did, American Rhino? I mean, I have the article, so I know what they did. Why don't you tell everybody what they did? All right. Well, they... Uh, it's your story, James. No, it's, you it's, should bring uh, it it's to its conclusion. our story. Um, well, actually, it's Mr. Bobby Metcalf's story. But, oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, thanks for letting us borrowing it. By the way, we're borrowing your, uh, your article, Mr. Metcalf. Anyway. <laughs> Bobby's a good guy. He don't mind. Yeah. That uh, they decided to practice by playing deck hockey, baby. And deck hockey, woo! Yes. And another reason why we appreciate Mr. Metcalf is he says deck hockey right there in writing. Not ball hockey, not street hockey, deck hockey. Which is all the same, but still. Of course, if he had he said hockey and sneakers, we might have had to... Uh... <laughs> we we might have had a, a, a claim yeah. for uh, some kind of infringement there. That's our copyright and hashtag, but anyway. <laughs> so that's what they did uh, again. Um, and some, some of the members of the team benefited from that as well because Ryan Devine, who is their goalie, and a defenseman, Peter DeSalvo, they were both injured at the time. And they couldn't participate in practice of any kind, uh, at least in game practice. So ice hockey and or deck hockey in this in this aspect. So they didn't just sit on the sidelines. What they did was, I believe DeSalvo was the referee. Sure. And Divine, the, the, the goalie, was the scorekeeper. He ran the scoreboard. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the backup goaltender, Ryan Mulder, he... Didn't just sit by and, and watch everybody have fun, but he played forward in the deck hockey game too. So, so wait, there were no goalies in this game? That I don't know. It seems like there weren't. I, I guess maybe they didn't want to risk injury or something. What are these garbage cans? Well, I, I think also to, I don't know. I hope not. But I think that there, in this article too, and I believe it might have been, it might have been Divine that said this, that uh, he didn't want to mess up his timing and things by the difference between playing on a, on a deck surface or, or uh, you know, a lot of friction and versus playing on the ice. And, and nobody knows that better than the American Rhino. Yeah, he's hurt. That's a moot point. That's true. I still call shenanigans. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> at least they, they still participated in some way. But again, to, to have this... You know what? I expect better from Ryan the Vine Divine. <laughs> When they maybe when they pick up, we'll see how it goes. But when when it all went down, there were twelve games left, and they were looking to uh, the the Quad City Storm were looking to clinch their first playoff uh, berth in franchise history. And um, so Brandon Perone was saying the defenseman uh, that this was like a vacation to him right now, and and he quote unquote was having a ball. So I thought that was a, a cool. Way I to get say, it. There you go. There, there you go. And he also said it's not the worst scenario. He was the one that said that uh, it was still a good way to get the legs going and work on hand-eye stuff. 
And these are professional hockey players talking about this, folks. So, you know, Gary and I mentioned that every pretty much every hit the deck, how similar deck hockey is to ice hockey in that uh, you take the skating away out of it, but you're still learning the fundamentals of playing. And um, we've had so many guests on that have proven that, that a lot of times they both play ice hockey and ball hockey too, particularly representing Team USA, that uh, you have to be the best of the best on international play. Yeah, I mean, it's not on the ice, but it's still hockey Yeah, in sneakers. That's right, sir. So they had a, a fun little break there to, to, to lighten the, the mood too especially keeping the pressure off of uh, being in an intense playoff situation, especially when you're trying to make the playoffs, you're already playing like you're in the playoffs. So it's so mentally exhausting. It's so physically exhausting. So that was kind of fun to see that they had that break and they, they didn't give up. They still practiced. They still did what they had to do. And deck hockey saved the day. Unfortunately, some dumb, stupid COVID-19 decided to ruin everything, but uh, hopefully we'll see how it goes. And, if they do uh, get the season back on or pick up where they left off, um, this is a great story that they will probably remember for the rest of their careers. Thanks a lot, global pandemic. Yeah. Okay, well, that is that is unfortunate. That's a bummer. But hopefully I can lift your spirits a little bit because the podcast is not yet over, James, because I have quite the backlog of things to tell you specifically things regarding a certain, certain, certain mascot that, that we all know and are continually shocked by. Yes, that's right. It is time once again for another edition of This Week in Gritty. This Week in Gritty. And my dear friends, Gritty like the rest of us, is under quarantine. Although he must have snuck into somebody's house and gotten stuck there because last I heard, he resided in the bowels of the Wells Fargo Center, but all the videos that I see are, are in a house somewhere. So, yep, I guess he ate the owner and uh, and is squatting now. Oh, no. It's the only sensible explanation, right? Absolutely. I'm curious, too. I know that Bauer and CCM, uh, hockey equipment companies have been so generous to donate equipment like, like face shields and masks and stuff to, to help out it, it, around the world and, and, and beat this pandemic. But I'm just curious, is there a mask big enough for, for Gritty's face? Oh, I hope so. And I hope he wears it for the rest of his life. <laughs> <sighs> but what has Gritty been up to? How has Gritty been passing the time? Well, you know, as James said earlier, we are all in this together, which is to say we are all stuck in the same circumstances, locked up in our houses, trying to pass the time day to day to day. Gritty is no different. Well, it seems like he started out with a little uh, trip down memory lane. He posted a video of himself freaking out, jumping for joy and and excitedly pointing at a video of his daft punk entrance from the winter classic a couple years back <laughs> you may recall that was in fact the same winter classic which uh he ended his run at <laughs> his literal run at by streaking so oh, no. that that was that was that same same thing so uh <laughs> he also um posted a video of himself as the tiger king 
with, uh, you know, the Tiger King, James, don't you? Um, uh, no. How have you missed this? This is like, this is the pop culture phenomenon of our time. The Tiger King is a, I guess, documentary series on Netflix currently about this crazy dude named Joe Exotic who ran like a tiger preserve. And uh, he's he's like this crazy guy with a mustache. I haven't actually watched the series myself, but it's like everybody is watching this thing and talking about it. So uh, Gritty, Gritty, I guess, posted a video of himself in the Joe Exotic role. Now, standard Gritty is, is plenty exotic for my taste, but uh, he was having fun, you know, wearing sunglasses and pointing at things and stroking a little kitty cat. And, he, you know, he's, I don't know, okay. he's Gritty. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> Uh, one thing that Gritty has been doing in a more social context is he has been attempting to entertain his Grittisons. He has started now. I don't know exactly how often this is released, whether it's daily or weekly or what, but he's started this thing called the quarter hour of power, which he does on Instagram live. And he has like guests on, you know, via the I'm I'm waving my hand around in front of between myself and, and the computer screen as if that means anything to anybody um, via video chatting. And so he he does things like charades and Pictionary and he released a video, a, a one of these power quarter hour, whatever things uh, where he did like a meditation class i guess or the lights were all out with candles and um he did a uh, a homeschooling science lesson with a like a a blackboard um he's he's having a good time of it they they also released i don't know i'm not sure exactly where or how widespread this was but it looks like the flyers released like a where's gritty Kind of thing like a Where's Waldo, but with gritty uh-huh. in a city in you know city scenes for I guess people to search for gritty in their spare time. Isn't it kind of easy though? Nobody's on the streets. Yeah, well, it it was it was an illustrated thing. It wasn't um. a, like an actual live. <laughs> yeah, um, he did. <laughs> you know, James, as you know, we've just passed the Easter holiday. And so Gritty celebrated that day by having his own little Gritty Easter egg hunt, wherein he, I guess, roamed around his house hiding little orange eggs in and around little effigies of himself. Uh, You know, like behind stuffed gritties and bobbleheads and things. And one, I believe he hid under a plunger. I'm just curious, did, did he hide them and then he had to go find them too? Uh, you know, the video didn't go that far, so I, I don't know. I mean, it stands to reason if he's the only one there. <laughs> and uh, a plunger, finally, you say? Yeah, well, you know, even even Gritty's got to go, I guess. <laughs> I can't imagine the messes that he has to clean oh, up. Gosh. Finally, he he said uh, he released a video captioned, "I'm not bored." And it's him sitting in a chair with uh, uh, like a bag of ping pong balls and a cup. And he, you know, first he just kind of throws a ping pong ball into a cup 
And then as the video progresses, it's these increasingly complex Rube Goldberg setups of things that he is caroming the ping pong ball off of to get it into the cup. So it seems like he's got some time on his hands. I have to say, James, just when I when I sit back and I look at this from a, uh, you know, I, I kind of step out of the entertainment bubble and I look at this from a practical standpoint, you know, I, I know in my heart of hearts that the the character of Gritty is not actually real and it's just a, a guy in a suit, or I guess it could be a, a lady in a suit. We don't know. Nobody knows the actual identity of Gritty. It is, you know, statistically unlikely that a giant orange fuzz creature has actually been unearthed beneath the Wells Fargo center and is living among us, you know, just biologically speaking, it's not really very probable that that is the case. So given that that is, is the situation, do you think, I mean, I have to figure that the flyers just like shipped the gritty costume to this person's house and they're just stuck coming up with entertaining things to do at home. Right. I, Gritty, anything that I've seen him or it do always seems to break the rules and, and uh, I think break the law too. So I'm not going to speculate what they're up to or how it goes. And that's excellent point too, by the way, American Rhino, that yes, the, the Wells Fargo Center and, and every other arena, that is, as far as I know, that's not being used for uh, helping out in hospital situations and things like that. They're all shut down. So is he squatting in somebody's house? <laughs> And what it seems how, like. How did this suit get there? <laughs> Who's filming these things? <laughs> yeah, good question. <laughs> Perhaps he has a captive. Oh, gosh. Honestly, if it's just one, we should probably be grateful for that. <laughs> well, I'm glad that the police force is still out there and, and stay safe out there. But uh, yeah, if somebody uh, needs some rescuing, please, please do so. But yeah, I mean, I in in my head, I kind of just envision... I mean, like, it's hard to envision Gritty not as Gritty. You know, you they've they've built the myth of Gritty up so well that I almost just kind of imagine Gritty walking around his house when we're not seeing him and, and you know, just being Gritty around the house in everyday circumstance. Yeah, looking for young kids to uh, to bully and throw cakes at and, or punch. Yeah, unfortunately, from probably not a lot of that in his home. I certainly One hope hopes. not. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's what he's been up to. And if like just check out Gritty's Instagram page if you want to catch up on the quarter hour of power and uh, you may find yourself entertained. We live in a world where anything is possible. But uh, so, you know, I'm sure he will continue to get up to crazy hijinks for however long we are stuck in this situation and we will continue to bring them to you as they make themselves known to us. But until then, this has been another edition of this week in gritty. This week in gritty. And that will do it for another episode of hit the deck. Where has the time gone? James, these things just seem to fly by, don't they? Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I think we've just gotten too comfortable doing this. That's the problem. I'm just happy to be doing anything, quite frankly. 
Yeah, well, I think what I should be doing is pressing this button right here. Last minute remaining in the podcast. So, dear listener, we want to thank you once again for joining us on Hit the Deck. We always appreciate you listening to us. We always appreciate you interacting with us. We always appreciate you for just kind of, you know, we are all going through this right now. So the fact that you are using us as some small way to help you cope with what's going on, we appreciate that too. So we want to thank you for that. We also want to thank Anthony Sajazi for music. And we will thank you as always if you have some feedback on what you'd like to see us do with this podcast. Since there is no hockey actively going on, James is going to run out of feel-good stories eventually <laughs> because, you know, I mean, hopefully not. But obviously we could use some 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 novel content and we want to give you what you want to hear so if you have a suggestion or a request as to what you'd like to see us cover anytime but especially now during these circumstances please reach out to us let us know what you want to hear because we want to hear what you want to hear so you can email us at hit the deck deck is spelled d-e-k hit the deck at gmail.com feel free to get us on instagram or facebook we are at hit the deck there and of course you can tweet at us at hit the deck pod we want to hear from you. We also want to hear that you are subscribing to this podcast. We want to know that you are subscribed on whatever your podcasting platform of choice is. And so that way, if something like this past couple of weeks happens again, you won't have to worry that you've missed the podcast that we dropped because you will be secure in the knowledge that when a podcast drops, you will get it. So, you know, just for your own peace of mind, Please subscribe to this podcast and one of the newest places where you can find this podcast in addition to all the regular places, which Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podbean or Spreaker or Spotify, in addition to all that stuff, of course, we would like to remind you that we are also on the brand new Sokoa Media app, S-O-C-C-O-A Media app. Look in your app store, download it. It is a collection of podcasts and news articles from all across the sports spectrum. People just like James and I who are trying to do this for the love, maybe just starting out or have been at it for a while, but have not gotten any kind of widespread commercial recognition, doing it for the passion and bringing quality content on an accessible level. So there's tons of sports, tons of different kinds of sports on there. So if you like hockey, but you also like other things and you are missing sports as much as we are, give it a check out. That's not really a thing. Give it a check out. Give it a look. Try it out. Give it some of your time. And, you know, we think you'll find something that you'll like. James, is there anything that you would care to add here at the end of the podcast? Yes. Thank you, sir. Of course. Anytime. When this is all over, you may be having places to uh, look into play deck at. So please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, the VAR Hockey League, the DCSH, the DCHL, and Deck Superstars. And of course, they're on YouTube also, so you can check out some deck hockey leagues in play. So that's always fun to do, as well as on our YouTube page. Uh, also, please donate to LaGrange Hockey, follow M Powerplay, and yes, of course, download that Sokoa Media app. And please tell them all, hit the deck sent you. I hope everybody's safe out there. Thanks for listening, and see you again next time. 
Thank you, James. And of course, dear listener, we will thank you to remember, especially in these troubled times in which we find ourselves, that whether you are paying it forward or changing on the fly, whether you are going quietly mad in the comfort of your own home or broadcasting it for the world to see, regardless of the situation in which you find yourself, we would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Are you ready to rock? Yes, sir. I said, are you ready to rock? I can't scream, but yes, I am. Okay, all right. (laughs) I will take your word for it.